0: with his own nicotine pouches.
1: Welcome to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheel and Engineering, and also brought to you by Hercules Tire here on the Motor Racing Network. I'm Hannah Newhouse, joined each and every week here by my co-host of Kyle Ricky. and we talked about it a little bit last week. The Madhouse, the Bowman Gray Stadium will finally be reopening their doors after almost two years off due to the 2020 pandemic. A lot of guys were uh, ready. A lot of fans packed the house, almost 17,000. Yep. That thousand? 12,000. To be exact, I remember seeing pictures going into the weekend of fans lining the doors well before the races were even getting ready to be started. Uh, packed for what was going to be the premier division of the Hayes Jewelers 200 for the Modifieds. And Kyle, it didn't disappoint.
2: No, uh, not at all. Great deal of cars, especially uh, in the Modified. Everybody thought Burt Myers was going to claim the win because he was starting on the pole for, I believe, the sixth time in the event and the previous five events that he started on the pole. He won. Um, But much like a lot of the races that we have seen lately, some unique pit strategy uh, took part at Bowman Gray over the course of the 200 laps. And and Burt pitted about halfway, was able never to really make it up through the field. And uh, Jonathan Brown claimed the win his first in the Hayes Jewelers 200. Uh, And what's even more impressive is he missed practice. He missed the first round of qualifying and had to start the event 14th. So, he had his work cut out for him, but uh, he uh, was patient, got his way up through the field, missed some of the incidents, and was able to claim the win. Uh, held off Danny Bone the finish. Uh, so, great race, and it was fun to watch it on NBC Track Pass live from the stadium on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, a couple of notable winners, too. Tommy Neal in the sportsman division. Billy Gregg brought home the Street Stock win, and Chuck Wall and Rob Strymska. Split Stadium Stock Features. Uh, busy weekend for us as we were over at Mid-Ohio for the Arca Menard Series race, as well as Mid-Ohio uh at mid ohio uh we'll talk about the results there as well as the west series at sonoma a little bit later on but some more news coming out of the arca menard series garage amber slagle you probably know the name from some late model racing in the midwest but more recently as the crew chief on parker Rutzlaff's team um on the arca east series she recently took to twitter to announce she will be making her arca west debut in just a few short weeks Oh, well, actually I say that and it's July 3rd, which feels like a short few weeks away uh, at the Irwindale speedway. She's teamed up with David Mayhew and Mayhew racing and uh, will be uh, making her debut has never seen Irwindale speedway before Kyle, but uh pretty cool that she's able to go back and forth between an East crew chief and climb behind the wheel of a car every once in a while herself.
2: Yeah. Good for Amber. You know, she knows the ins and outs of of these race cars and um, I, I think she's driven in the past. Right. And some of, uh, some low-tier local um, stuff. So uh, going to be interesting to see her behind the wheel here in a couple of weeks at Irwindale Speedway. Uh, look forward to it. You know Irwindale well, don't you,
1: Hannah? Uh, yes, I have had many a uh, many a date with Irwindale Speedway. Okay. It is one of my favorite racetracks, though, that I have raced at. definitely races something as in a speedway and a short track together with a little bit of dirt racing on a pavement track. One of the most fun racetracks I have ever been on in my entire life. Also out of the Arca uh, Menards garage, though, Daniel Dye, he's been competing in the Arca East Series for Ben Kennedy Racing, also races super late models quite frequently, has collected himself four top tens in the East with Ben Kennedy Racing, has announced that he is now aligning with GMS Racing starting this upcoming weekend at Southern National Motorsports Park. will bring with him, though, the crew chief of Chad Bryant. So a uh, new driver of the 21 GMS Mobile in uh in, daniel die so the more news there again we will recap those results of the arca over the weekend here just shortly but we're going to take a quick, quick break and dial up gray garrison who is the track promoter over at bowman gray speedway and talk about this past weekend's event
0: Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Wheeland also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheeland product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19.
3: Ride on our strength.
1: Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. We talked about it just a little bit ago, the success in the reopening of the Bowman Gray Stadium, uh, the Madhouse. And we're joined now by the promoter, Gray Garrison, uh, who joins us now on the guest line. First off, Gray, thanks for taking some time to come here and uh, hang out with us on NASCAR Coast to Coast.
4: Oh, it's my pleasure. Happy to be with you.
1: It uh, was exciting to say the least when we saw that uh, Bowman Gray would be reopening their doors, and then it was even more exciting to see the fans that packed your guys' grandstand. The show that you guys put on—what was the excitement like for you as the promoter to be able to reopen your doors once again and, and have not only race fans but uh, the drivers back on your property as well?
4: Well, I think the big thing was it's just you know, at Bowman Gray is such a tight uh, tight knit family that it was just kind of like a family reunion. And I think the best part of the whole weekend was everybody was just so thrilled to be there. Everybody was smiling. Everybody was laughing. Um, and everybody was just really joyous to be back at Bowman Gray because that's a lot of, uh, you know, that's their home. That's what they do in the summer. It was um, a lot of work to get back open because we had to get back open quick. You know, the governor uh, kind of had us under, you know, controlled a little bit, you know, shutdowns. And then. Miraculously, boom, one week he came back and he says, we're open. So we had to scramble to get back open. We dropped the ball on a couple of things. Um, you know, we hadn't raced in what almost two years. So it was a lot of work to get back to remember what we were supposed to be doing. We got the gates open. People, you know, were forgiving some things that didn't go perfect. But all in all, everybody had a great time. Great crowd, great weather, great racing. It was, it was really a good time.
2: You mentioned it was a tight-knit or is a tight-knit family, a family of about 17,000 the other night on Saturday night. You mentioned all the hard work. Are you able to take a moment during the night and enjoy it, Uh, even though there's a lot going on? It's the first event in 22 months. There's 17,000 fans in the stands. Are are you able to take a moment and just kind of soak it all in?
4: You know, I don't know if you take a moment to soak it in, but, you know, during the night, you, you know, while everything's going on and in between races, You know, I do try to go walk around our upper concourse we have and just see people, you know, and and shake people's hands. Thank them for coming, you know, say thank you, thank you. And then turn back, they say thank you. So there was a lot of gratitude going back and forth with people, those type things. And I think that's the time that really sinks in that, you know, these people are happy to be here. They want to be here. Um, It's just what they do, and it it gives a lot of pleasure for us to be able to give them what they want to do. Uh, I know I'm kind of repeating there, but it, it, it's just it's just fun to be with these people because this is, that, this is their life, a lot of them. So it is joyous times.
1: And I always say that uh, I've been fortunate enough to go to Bowman Gray a handful of times, and I always tell everyone that if they haven't, they need to get there. And a lot of friends that we were actually with in mid-Ohio uh, hit the ground as soon as the race was over in the Charlotte area, and we had some of them drive to Bowman Gray. I got to the chance to watch it on track pass. Uh, but the environment there is unlike anything else that I've been to. But what was the atmosphere like? I mean, was it amplified this past weekend with such an anticipated return?
4: Yeah, I think it was. I think the the big thing is I noticed that the crowd came earlier than normal. Uh, you know, normally we our gates open at 6 o'clock, uh, first race at 8. But, you know, by 1 o'clock in the afternoon, the parking lots were full. People had their tents set up. They were cooking out. They were playing cornhole. They were doing fellowship with each other, and it was more like a, a rivalry week in college football because everybody, with the parking lots were full. They were tailgating. They were enjoying themselves and enjoying seeing people they hadn't seen, but just at the racetrack in a year, you know, a couple of years. So the atmosphere, as far as that was different. It was just it was just so much uh, of a big party because that's what it was—a it was big party—and there happened to be a race going on. So that was a little different, and we'll see if that continues into this week.
2: Those parking lots, unfortunately, uh, pretty quiet, as you mentioned, the last 22 months, nearly two years. Take us back 14 months uh, or a year and, and put us in your shoes. What was the effort like trying to, to put a season together? And, and then how difficult was it to come to the conclusion that you know 2020 just wasn't going to happen there?
4: Yeah, you know it, that was that was a very strange, and we weren't alone in that. I think anybody in any business environment, you know, went through the same things. But the the difference was that a lot of business had already they were open, you know, they they were doing business as usual and got shut down. We never got to open, and it was just that time period. It was March, in the March we were getting ready to open. We'd gone through everything, we had everything lined up, we had the schedule set, you know, sponsors, you know, everything. We were ready to mail out. Uh, passes and tickets to to sponsor things that week when everything shut down and we had to reel it back in and then we kept saying okay well let's just give this you know two or three weeks and maybe this will pass well it didn't two or three more weeks and then it didn't you know we got in from march to april to may to june to july august and then the season was gone and then you know you sit there and you wonder all winter long what do you do about 21 you know what's going to be around the corner in 2021, and then we get to this, you know, the 21 season, March was still shut down, April were still shut down, most of May were still shut down, and then boom, we're open in June. So it was, it was very, very hopeful in anticipation it would happen, but then when it happened, it got here really, really quick, and we had to do a lot of juggling, and we're still having to because normally our season is 18 weeks, And now we only have scheduled for 11, so we're going to have to combine 18 weeks into 11 and get everybody, you know, settled with sponsors and races and those type things. But uh, I think we've got a pretty good schedule set up. I think it's going to be great action every week, something unique, something different, something exciting every week. So from here out, it's going to be a great season. We hope so.
1: Yeah, and a lot of those racetracks during that time uh, across the country were all kind of under these different rulings, whether they were. A private property, or they were, you know, under leases. You guys at Bowman Gray, your logistics are a little bit different in how you actually share that property. And that's what's been so intriguing to me is uh, there there are football games, right, that are still played there. What are the logistics like of, you know, planning a race season, which then turns around into a football season?
4: Yeah, I think that's good. It's good, but then it's bad. It has, you know, it's good points, bad points. Uh, the good point is uh, you know we can start in the April time frame, and we usually get through by the third week in August because there is a, a university that plays football there, and that and football college football usually kicks off the first week in September. The good thing is is you know you can you can get a lot in in eighteen weeks uh get a lot of excitement, and then when football starts here in the south, high school football college football your racing is pretty much over anyway because the mindset totally switches to another sport. Um, that's good. The bad thing is a lot of the drivers don't get enough races in, racing in to really get uh, up in the points for the uh, advanced auto parts, you know, weekly series, NASCAR advanced parts series. So that's the bad, bad part of it. But all in all, people know what they got. They know what we, we're going to do. They know when we're going to start. They know when we finish, and they just plan their lives around it, which is a good thing.
2: Hannah mentioned a bit ago uh, that there were several of us at Mid Ohio at the NASCAR Xfinity Series race watching Bowman Gray season opener on NBC Track Pass. Uh, I, I think it's one of the first times that we've been able to watch live from Bowman Gray on, on a streaming platform. Uh, have you got much of a response from from how that went on Saturday night from a from a you know much larger audi- audience?
4: We really haven't. I mean, I, we've heard a couple of people say they watched it and they 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 were pleased. They thought it came off really really you know came off good. Uh sometimes it's hard to capture a live event at a weekly track because you're limited on the number of cameras you can do, the number of angles you can do and those type things, but the people at Track Pass really put together a, a good effort to make things look good, sound good and something we will be proud of. So we hope it came across real well. Um I I think we should get some feedback this coming week, the following week. I mean that was just, you know, 3 or 4 days ago that we raced, so I think the residual of people talking about it and coming in will be in the future. We hope that a lot of people saw Bowman Gray on track pass and thought, hey, that's a bucket list place we need to go to. So we hope that will encourage people to come. If you've never been, it's well worth the time to come to a racetrack. It's entertainment, and it just happens to be a race. So uh, hopefully it worked good for track pass, and I'm sure it will for us in the residuals from the future.
1: And that Hayes Jeweler 200 was another perfect example of the great racing at bowman gray but uh gray we're gonna let you go i know you got uh, a weekly job that you do here as well as getting ready for another weekend of racing at bowman gray so thanks so much again for taking some time to hang out with us here on nascar coast to coast
4: thank you all so much for having me appreciate it
1: again guys that is Gray garrison the track promoter of bowman gray speedway we're gonna take a quick break but when we we return we've got your wheel and engineering modified spotlight
0: we- Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1953.
2: Get back to NASCAR roots by driving headfirst into the new home of grassroots racing. Flow Racing keeps the original NASCAR tradition of dirt track racing roaring with more than 1,300 live and on-demand oval events from across the U.S. Learn how the next generation of NASCAR drivers is prospected in sprint car racing. Subscribe today by going to flowracing.com slash That's floracing.com forward slash Time now for this week's Wheelin' Modified Driver Spotlight here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. And once again this week, we'll dive into the SK Modifieds that run up in the Northeast, specifically at the Stafford Motor Speedway on Friday nights, and a driver that has run there the last several years, and the last two years in an SK Modified. Teddy Hodgson joins us now. And Teddy, first off, thanks for joining us on this uh, early morning to begin the week.
5: Yeah, thank you, Kyle. Appreciate you having me on.
2: This is your uh, sophomore season in an SK modified, but we'll talk about that in a moment. First off, let's go back to the beginning, and and how you got started in motorsports. So, uh, what what uh, what was that spark as a child to say, "Hey, I, I want to do this," or at least be involved?
5: Yeah, well, my uh, my father and grandfather were very uh, interested in all sorts of uh, motorsports, motorcycles, and they had jobs in uh, air, airplanes and aerosports, So, um. My dad raised down in Florida, North Carolina in the 80s and 90s, and when I was born, and they obviously had me when I was born, and um, at seven years old, there was a program called Wild Thing Carts up at Stafford, and they asked me if I wanted to try it out. Of course, I said sure, knowing that everyone in my family loved racing. I tried it out, and I was hooked instantly. So um, we started in the Wild Thing Karts at six, uh, seven years old, and we did that up until 2013. Um, then we moved up into the Legend Cars in 2014 and finished that in 2017. Then we moved up to an SK Lite Modified and did that for two years. And now here we are in two years into the uh, SK Modified. And in
2: 2017, had quite a bit of success in those Legend Cars. What, the uh, Semi-Pro World Championship?
5: Yeah, we ran we ran the road course for 2017 um, because of circumstances of other home tracks around the area. We decided to run full-time road course, and uh, we ended up winning the world championship that year. So it was, it was very exciting, you know, doing something different usually than, um, you know, just running oval my whole life, doing road course that one year. It's definitely a different experience, and I, I loved it from start to finish. So to be able to come away with a world championship there is definitely something uh, to hold your head high on.
2: We've talked to several SK Lite drivers over the last couple of weeks in this segment. That's where you made your move from the Legend car. What kind of a transition is that, going from a Legend car to an SK Lite modified?
5: Well, it was it was definitely a big transition, I think. Um, you know, the Legend car, it's got really small wheelbase, really small tires, a lot of power to weight ratio compared to the SK Lite, where you got these huge 15-inch tires and uh, just a Chevy crate engine, so not a lot of power compared to that, so... Um, you know, it definitely took a couple races to get my feet planted, but, um, I gotta say with the help of Keith Rocco, we got hooked up with them right away and that definitely boosted my learning curve, uh, to the SK light and we got adjusted a lot quicker than I thought. We, uh, we ran our first race at Thompson, actually not Stafford and we, uh, we won the pole and finished third and then we struggled a bit at Stafford, but once we got a couple races down in there, we were, uh, we, we definitely made our mark in that first season.
2: And the second season, winning the 2019 SK Light Modified Championship, Uh, you know, how big of a boost was that in your confidence? And, hey, I can can drive these type of race cars. And did you feel you were ready for that next step, which was the SK Modified?
5: Yeah, I think definitely having that uh, experience from 2018 to 2019, you know, we got faster and faster every week. We got a win in 2018 late in the season. So I think that momentum carried on, and we didn't have to have – That learning curve at the beginning of the season so we were able to fight for wins all the time during the season and we were just able to click off those good finishes and be there at the end to win the thing and um yeah I feel like I didn't really have much left to prove in the SK lights you know we pretty much did what we had to do there and um got the knowledge needed to go up in the SK modifieds and um yeah I feel like I've done it a pretty good job in the SK so far. You know, it's just it—it's a whole different ball game in that series. You, you know, guys that have been running 15, 20 years there, so it's uh, it's definitely a challenge. But every every rookie that gets in that division knows that they're they're it.
2: Let's uh, let's talk about that that move. Um, we talked about the transition from a legend card to an SK light. SK light to an SK modified what are some of the biggest challenges from the driver's seat as the cars look fairly similar from the grandstands
5: yeah they're pretty much identical you could you could run on the same chassis and then the same tires obviously but uh, the biggest thing is is the power you know you got an extra hundred horsepower underneath you so uh, that's definitely nothing to uh, shy away from you know there's 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 a couple of setup changes that you need to do too but I the competition is easily the hardest thing to transition with like I said earlier you got Easily 15 guys that can show up every week and win. I mean, guys like Keith Rocco, Ronnie Williams, uh, Todd Owen, Stephen Kopchak, all those guys have done such an amazing job doing their homework and prepping their cars for this week uh, or for the next week that it's just you need to bring up your A game and then some to even have a chance of fighting with them.
2: And you mentioned uh, the competition level, six races, six different winners in the first six weeks of this season you're looking to become number seven uh this coming friday night coming off a good finish but man what a bad couple of weeks before that i guess is the easiest way and safest way to describe that three races outside of the top 18 um is it tough to keep the confidence up at that point You had you got a pretty big wreck that first week and then a kind of not so big wreck but enough to do some damage the second week and then mechanical on the that third week
5: yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely a little mentally degrading, you know, seeing how you have a fast car and you get caught up in stuff like that, you know, having two wrecks and then a mechanical failure, you know, some of it not out of your doing it. It definitely sucks. It's um, it's definitely hard on all the crew, you know, working so hard during the week and showing up and then not having the result that you wanted. So, um, you know, definitely getting that third place last week and leading some last was definitely a huge confidence booster going into next week. And, Hopefully, we'll continue that momentum uh, throughout the next couple of races. I know the five k is coming up, so we need to we need to have some good finishes in order to be really put our foot down in that and just you know just trying to break that dry spell of not being able to finish.
2: Who are some of the folks that help you behind the scenes? I know it takes a, it takes an army to get you to the racetrack every week.
5: Yeah, of course. I got I got to thank all my crew for working pretty much the last month to get me uh, back on track. You know, those guys have done an awesome job. Um, I gotta thank Montenari fuel. They've been high behind me in the modified since day one. Um, I gotta thank APAP at John construction, business time, Motorsports, skater sport, fishing, uh, Pete ban for all the work he's done. He's done. Um, it's an awesome job last three years uh, on the team. Um, I gotta thank Nest auto state cutters, Keith Rocco racing, uh, Pettit for the awesome horsepower. And, uh, you know, Stafford, they've done an awesome job this year with the racing. I, I think, I think everything is top notch and stepped up even from last year, even with uh, the pandemic. So I, they've done an awesome job and I can't wait to see what's in the future with uh, with motorsports and staff.
2: get back underway this Friday night. Teddy Hodgson joins us here on our wheel and spotlight. Teddy, congratulations on, on getting the season turned around on the podium and Hopefully we'll be talking to you once or two more steps up here these next couple of weeks. I hope so. Thank you. SK modified driver, Teddy Hodgson joining us here on NASCAR coast to coast.
0: Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheeland product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since nineteen.
1: Talk talked about how it was a busy weekend across the country for many teams and drivers, including the teams that made the haul to mid-Ohio for the Arca Series for the Don 150. Ty Gibbs yep, captured yet another victory over Austin Hill, Thad Moffitt, Brandon Jones, and Nick Sanchez. They have a short break as they are off for this upcoming weekend until June 25th, where they head to Pocono. Arca West also took the Sonoma with the Cup Series, where Chase Briscoe captured the win. I want to keep an eye on him. He seems like an up-and-comer. Over Dylan Lupton, Paul Petticelli Jr., Cole Moore, and Todd Souza. Cars Tour took on Langley for the Visit Hampton 125. Hayden Honeycutt collected his first light model stock win in the Cars Tour over his teammate of Justin Johnson, Deke McCaskill, Lane Riggs, and Jared Fryer. The first race of the Blizzard series down at Five Flag Speedway, a super light model series consisting of four races, took place. Sammy Smith won over Steven Nassie and Hunter Robbins. Those folks all made the haul the next day over to Montgomery Speedway for the Southern Super Series race, where Connor Okrezik originally won but was then disqualified, giving Stephen Nassi the win over Hunter Robbins and Jeremy Doss. And there were some more races that took place at short track this weekend, Kyle.
2: Yeah, some of our NASCAR Vance Auto Parts weekly track, tracks were in action. Hickory Motor Speedway ran twin late model features. Kevin Light picked up race number one over Chase James, and in race two, kevin light over shane lee bryson ruff picked up the limited late model win and at the kingsport speedway also twin late model features wayne hale a name we are very familiar with here on the show claimed race number one over brad Wrighthouse, and in race two hayden woods picked up the win over nick williams and the tucson speedway ran their icebreaker in the middle of june where it was about 105 degrees and the super late model feature it was dylan jones picking up the win and in the outlaw late models it was Herschel McGriff Jr. Nice to see uh, the McGriff name still around on the West Coast and finding success with Herschel uh, Jr. picking up the race win there at Tucson. And to add on to the Ty Gibbs story that you mentioned a moment ago, dominated uh, the other day once again at the Mid-Ohio sports car course, winning his fifth of the season, led 35 laps in route to the win. And, and he has won, Hannah, all the races, not on a super speedway. He, he came up just short at Daytona and crashed out at Talladega, but other than the super speedway races, he has been uh, been perfect this season in the yep. Arkham and Art Series.
1: And it's wild to think, too, because those super speedways, uh, even, as Ty said, is part gamble, part luck, and part teamwork. And when you are the standalone Gibbs car, there's not a lot of teamwork uh, working in your favor on those super speedways. But, hey, if you look at the odds, they're still pretty good the rest of the season for Ty Gibbs and the racetracks that we go to. This upcoming weekend, though, there's still a lot going on. The ARCA East, like I said, are headed to Southern National Motorsports Park uh, this Saturday. You can watch that on Track Pass. And some more news with the ARCA East series. Uh, They just announced they will have their grandstands completely open for the July 24th race at Iowa Speedway, another racetrack that I absolutely love going to and I'm bummed that I'm not getting a trip there this season. Uh, NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour headed to Oswego for the Steel Palace 150. That's also Saturday at 7.30 p.m. You can watch that on Track Pass. And Kyle, you will be a busy guy this weekend as the inaugural race for the SRX Series heads to your stomping grounds of Stafford Speedway uh, and will be on CBS this weekend.
2: It's a big weekend at Stafford. Uh, we have a regular program on Friday night uh, along with the Twisted T Open 80 for Tour Type Modifieds. Ryan Priest will be here competing in that before he heads to Oswego to run in the tour race, and then, like you mentioned, uh, all the uh, the stars of the SRX series will be at the track both Friday and Saturday for their inaugural event on Saturday night. The likes of uh, Tony Stewart and Elio Castroneves, Bill Elliott, Bobby Labonte, um, on down the line, uh, Doug Kobe will be the the ringer. Um, uh, Stafford. Uh, I guess he started his career at the Stafford Speedway in a late model and in pro stock, former champions there, before making the move to the modified tour. So going to be a big two days of racing at Stafford, and uh, can't wait.
1: And if you missed the news, uh, again, Doug T- Kobe, while he's participating in the SRX Series, we'll have Chase Dowling filling in for him at Oswego in his house car. So uh, a lot going on. Make sure you get out and support your local short track and drivers. We'll have lots to talk about next week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. I'm Hannah Newhouse for Kyle Ricky. Producers Craig Moore and Ryan Horn. We'll see you next week here on the Motor Racing Network.